Shalom and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Today we will turn our attention to the feast the Jews consider the most important. For the past five weeks we've been exploring the Jewish feast ordained by God in the Old Testament. We began with Passover, the feast that marked the final plague visited upon the Egyptians prior to the Exodus. We continued with the Feast of Unleavened Bread and First Fruits, and then Shavuot or Pentecost, and last week Yom Teruah or Trumpets. Today we will consider the solemn and introspective feast of Yom Kippur. With me today serving as co-host once again is David Bowen, a pastor and dedicated student and teacher of Bible prophecy. David, thanks once again for being a part of this show. Thanks for having me with you guys. And I have to admit, this, is, this one is really important to me because Yom Kippur, I believe this is, this is something where Christians don't quite understand it. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say because I'm not even sure the Jewish people really understand the spiritual implications of, of this festival. So it's going to be interesting to go through this and understand the importance of repenting of our sin and, and the importance of, of the forgiveness that we receive from Christ. Well, forgiveness or what we would call atonement is really at the heart of the gospel. And so uh, you're right. Sadly, too many people don't make the connection between this feast and the atonement that Jesus offers us. But uh, we're perhaps getting ahead of ourselves. So on that note, I want to welcome Richard Hill, Dr. Richard Hill, shalom. a Messianic Shalom, a Messianic Christian pastor and teacher of God's Word. And Richard, you have been a godsend to us in opening up understanding to the feast as God presents him in his Word. And Yom Kippur is the important feast mm. for the Jewish people because they are trying to get their sins forgiven for the past year. Yes. And they have to do it in a number of different ways. So Yes, they do, and we'll in very specifically outlined. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, perhaps. Let's dive into Yom Kippur. But even before we do that, let's back up for just a moment. Because in our previous episode on the feast, we talked about the Feast of Trumpets, a glorious and forward-looking celebration that many Christians somewhat equate to the expectation that we have for the rapture of the church. And yet that feast that commemorates actually the creation of the world also marks the beginning of 10 days of awe. What is that all about? It's also called Rosh Hashanah. I mean, in the Hebrew, we call it Yom Teruah, the blowing of the, of the shofar. But Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the, the new year for the Jewish people. And it begins 10 days of awe. So on Rosh Hashanah, God opens up his book, the book of life. Mm. And now you've got 10 days to make sure your name is written in that book. Okay. And that's the unfortunate thing for the Jewish people because they're doing it all in the wrong way. So yeah, the name to be named in the book of life, that's, that's we got to understand how do we get there. That's eternal life is at stake. It certainly is. Yeah. So, so let's get to the root of where this particular feast came from and how, again, Rosh Hashanah transmits forward to Yom Kippur. Well, we got to go back to Leviticus chapter 23. That's our summary chapter of all the scriptures here, of all the feasts. You know, one time my pastor said, Leviticus is a book only Tim Moore could love. And I said, I do. I love it. It's <laughs> great because it has so much in it that's relevant to us today. Amen. And we're also going to go back to Leviticus 16 as well, 
which really that whole chapter is Yom Kippur, what happens yes. on Yom Kippur in the temple, in the tabernacle. So real exciting. And the Lord spoke to Moses, is Leviticus 23, verse 26, on exactly the 10th day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you and you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. So it's the day of atonement. That's what Yom Kippur means in the Hebrew. Atonement is covering. That word means covering. It's like putting a glove on top of your hand. You're covering your hand. You don't see your hand anymore. You see the glove. Mm -hmm. And that's how uh, a sinful people is able to worship a holy, righteous, just God. So this whole and time... And him received that worship, though. This whole time is about self-examination then, correct? It's, it's really taking a look at yourself and how you've been living and what you've been doing and getting right with God. And the Jewish people are looking at the past year. And so what they're doing is they are doing this with the scales of, these are my good deeds, these are my bad deeds, but now which is, which is heavier, which is worse? You know, I, I've had this thought even Thank as God. you were sharing that perspective on covering your hand with a glove or the covering of our sins. I thought back to Jacob who came before his father covered with sheep's wool to look like someone else. And literally when we come before God the Father, we're covered over with his son. Not that God is a doddering old man who doesn't know the difference, but he sees Christ on us, in us, and that's how he then judges us with that covering, that atonement that Christ offers. But I'm getting ahead of myself again. Mm -hmm. yes. So back to uh, the well, roots. These, these Jewish people are, are balancing their, their sins and their good deeds because they're told by the rabbis, you've got to have lots of good deeds to outweigh your bad. And the issue when you get to the scripture is it's not talking about good deeds. They're talking about sin. Yeah. Are, are they focused on their deeds, though? Or are they focused on really their self-examination on who they are? Well, it's What's... about deeds because now you have to perform good deeds. But it's also repentance and prayer. That was the key. Repentance. You have to repent on Yom Kippur, and then you got to pray as well. You know, I'm Prayer, reminded, good deeds, and repentance. I'm reminded of the, the formula, if you will, that David spoke about in Psalm 51. He said, what the Lord honors is a broken and contrite heart. And you come to the Lord humbly yes. with contrition, and, and he, he honors that because it, it shows our right relationship with Him. And that's a perfect leadway right into the Scripture here. Okay, go back yeah. to it. Good job, yeah. Tim. <laughs> I drew, that's what I'm here for. Verse 28, Neither shall you do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord God. Now this is a Sabbath day, okay? This feast is a Sabbath day. You're not to do any work, just like the Sabbath. Verse 29, if there's any person who will not humbly, right, will not humble himself on the same day, he shall be cut off from his people. So now humble means to bow down, to afflict yourself, to submit yourself unto God, right? And it's obvious repentance involved here. Uh, but if someone doesn't do that out of Israel, all of Israel, can you imagine? They're going to be cut off. Cut mm. off is karat in the Hebrew, and it means to exterminate, mm. to die. Right. Wow. So God's going to take them out. Mm. Very, very serious. So you need to humbly come before God. And we'll see in the next verse, humble, in the next couple of verses, humble uh, also involves fasting. In the Hebrew, the word means fasting as well. It's in verse 32, but we're not there yet. I'm jumping. But it's not just the action, it's the heart too, right? You're saying you have to humbly do it. So the heart has to oh, be right yeah. with this. It's the heart first. Right, okay. It has to be the heart first. Humble yourself before God. Right. And then the actions follow. I just think it's important. It's not the action, it's the, it's the heart being. It's right. the heart condition. Right. Definitely, right. Okay. definitely. 
Uh, verse 30, as for any person who does not work on the same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. So if they didn't get it in verse 29, now they got it, right? They're going to get wiped out if they don't. God's going to take them. And that's a very serious situation, isn't it? It is. You know, people ask, why do I love Leviticus? I think you touched on this a, a few episodes ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken, David, when you talked about uh, coming before God and, you know, you're coming into the presence of a holy God yeah. as a profane person. It's the, the close proximity of the holy and the profane. And boy, that was a dangerous thing even in the day and age of Israel coming out of Egypt and coming into the promised land, if they were callous in their attitude toward God, boy, they, they paid a penalty for it. And sometimes I think we're too lighthearted oh, yes. in coming before yes. a holy God. We don't realize what a privilege and an honor this is. I'm coming before the throne of heaven, the Almighty. Every person in Scripture who did that said, I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips, as Isaiah said. Yeah. And so coming into the presence of God, if I don't have that, that broken-hearted contrition, especially just to humble myself, if the high I'm priest, missing it. Even if the high priest went before God and there was an issue in his life, then he could die. But there's any doubt how much God loves us. It shows us that a sinful man can come before a holy God because he allows it to happen. Yes. And, and from the Gentile point of view, I believe, if correctly, Yom Kippur is symbolizing or remembering when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the second set of the Ten Commandments, asking God's forgiveness. Moses came down the first time and broke the first set yeah. and came back, but God still forgave. And that's just the amazing love of God. It sure is. I, I talk about cheap grace. That so many, I'll say Gentile Christians, but Christians in general don't realize the incredible price, though, that was paid to bridge that gap yes. so that they can come into the presence of a holy God. But I still think the, the attitude of my heart has to be humility and contrition. I don't you know, wear around my sin, but I think that is how we first come to God with this a broken is, heart. This is what the Old Testament sacrifices did for the Jewish people. Okay? Their sins were forgiven up to a certain point where they could worship God and Him receive it. But their sins were not completely forgiven. That's why you have a covering to cover the sin. And it was a temporary God didn't covering. see it temporary until Messiah would come yes. and take away all the sin. Yes. But if the heart's not right, we still don't have that forgiveness of sin. Okay, so take us back to Leviticus. All right. Verse 31, you shall do no work on it. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations and all your dwelling places. And so the Jewish people were to celebrate Yom Kippur for how long? Until... Right? Messiah comes, and then even in the kingdom we'll celebrate those as well. But perpetual statute means continuous, right? Throughout your generations. Well, we still have generations of Jewish people, so we are still celebrating. But today we celebrate differently. Because I'm a believer of Yeshua, all my sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. Amen. I don't have to be looking back for, for my sins to be forgiven the last year. That was my next question, yeah. Every day, I'm, so, I'm, I'm confessing my sin that day, you know. But this repentance is more on a sanctification level than it is for a salvation level. Thank you for sharing that, because that was my question. It's a lasting ordinance, and how do you do it now? Because things have changed. Yeah, so we still celebrate Yom Kippur, but we change the, the prayers around. Okay. Okay, so how should a Christian, the Gentile, perhaps, who doesn't uh, have the tradition of Yom Kippur, how should we come before the Lord? Should we do it with just uh, carefreeness uh, regarding our past sin that is forgiven? It is. Or should there be a degree of, uh, of penitence or of, of, of sorrow for sin that, that I had to be forgiven of and yet just 
total joy. How do you balance that in the heart of a Christian? Well, I think um, when we, we come before the Lord uh, and we've got to humble ourselves in our heart, of course, but I don't see a problem with remembering what I was in the past and what I've done in the, even in the past year, but not grieving over it. Okay. I don't think Messiah wants us to grieve over our past sins. He wants us to keep moving forward, just like Paul says, keep moving forward. But remember, because that's where I was, right. but look at me now, I'm much different. I'm, hopefully I'm a better believer today than I was back then. So when we sin, we should feel sorrow for our sin, but we can rejoice in the forgiveness. Perhaps the best way to think about it is almost like amazing grace. Uh, I don't focus on me. I don't even focus on my sin. I focus on Christ, mm. and I focus on the great gift that He represents. And so my praise, my worship goes to Him, and I kind of fade even as in my heart I, I have regret over my sin, mm -hmm. but now all my attention is on Christ and doesn't turn back inward on myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So verse 32, though, is what I wanted to get to. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you, and you shall humble your souls. And that word involves the fasting aspect that Jewish people perform on Yom Kippur. So it's fasting all day long. On the ninth of the month at evening, from evening until evening, you shall keep your Sabbath, meaning, of course, Yom Kippur. So what happened in the temple, though? we got to go back to Leviticus 16. Okay. Temple in tabernacle times. Of course, this is more tabernacle times now. But in 16, and we're not going to be able to get all the whole chapter here, but we're going to be talking about Aaron and what he's going to do with the two goats. Mm. There's a two-goat sacrifice that occurs on this feast for the sins of the Jewish people. But remember, it's covering those sins. It doesn't take it away completely. Only the Messiah can do that. In the, well, so for the them, court, it was... In the and really, it has to be done every year, every year, every year. This is every single year. Yeah. yeah. And when you go through the book of Hebrews, as you guys know, yeah. it talks about that. Yes. They're, it, they're not forgiveness. It's not total forgiveness, but it's enough where they can worship God. and mm. forward to the day. Yes. Looking forward. That's right. And it, it's interesting how all the feasts are looking forward, you know. Jesus is completely in the Old Testament. Everything in the Old <laughs> Testament points to Christ. It sure does. It's amazing, huh? Verse 6. Now, chapter 16. Then Aaron shall offer the bull for his sin offering, which is for himself, that he may make atonement for himself in his household. So he has to come before the Lord and to be righteous before right. God first. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord, for Yahweh, and the other lot for the scapegoat. And then Aaron shall offer the goat on which the lot for the Lord fell and make it a sin offering. So you had two goats. And actually what they would do is they had a, a golden pitcher, it was called Kalpi, where they would pull out uh, golden strips and they would put that on the head of one animal, uh, on one of the goats, and then the one on the other. And one would be, it would say Yahweh, La, Av, La Yahweh on it. Sorry about that. La, La Yahweh on it. And then La Azazel. And so Yahweh's goat was sacrificed, slit the throat, animal. The blood would be put into the tabernacle and make everything right, right? Then the Azazel goat, though, was, it wasn't, it didn't die. They didn't slit the throat and then take the blood. It was taken outside of Israel. It, it was, was the taken scapegoat. out into the wilderness. That's what Azazel means. It is the scapegoat. And so that was the second part of this, of the sacrifice. So you have part A and part B. Both needed to be done so that the forgiveness of the sin would occur. And so they take by a man. It just says by a man and in in later on in the scriptures. By a man, a Gentile man, 
was the idea that the rabbis would have a Gentile man carry it because now you're doing work. Right. Mm. You're leading this animal outside of Israel into a wilderness. And then the Talmud tells us that he, they would actually walk it over to a cliff. So oh. they would fall over the cliff and die into a sedentary land, a different land, and then the sins would then be forgiven. Wow, that's a lot of work. Uh, just to follow the, the religious ordination, and God ordained this, but a lot of work just for a temporary covering and yet showing, I, I think, really the extent to which God would go, not with two goats, but with one perfect sacrifice, but also taken outside the city, so to speak, at a point uh, in His own uh, crucifixion. So, so you're the, saying the sin was covered and then cast away. I mean, it's a two-step process. Right, it's a two-step process. So we process. still repent and cast the sin away. We still kind of do that without the goat. Mm -hmm. So today, as Jews, will celebrate Yom Kippur, and, and there's a time of great mourning, personal introspection, national, I mean, shutdown of, of the entire economy and nation. Uh, how is this being recollected today, even by non-religious Jews? Oh, they're all celebrating. This is a very important feast, so all the Jewish people are going to celebrate on Yom Kippur. It's Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, those are the two feasts that they get together, and of course, Passover. Okay. Yeah, but it's a. This is more of a communal uh, situation within synagogues uh, than it is in a family situation. Like on Passover, you're celebrating in your home, right, with your family and friends. Uh, you can, of course, make it a congregational uh, Passover as well. But Yom Kippur, and then you go to services. You see, if they don't because, attend synagogue, are they still celebrating Yom Kippur? Oh yes. Just in a home setting. In a home I think setting, yeah. most Westerners will will remember Yom Kippur primarily for the war that was fought in 1973, because Egypt waited till the Yom Kippur day of, of celebration when the Jewish economy was shut down, when the radios, the televisions were off, mm -hmm. there were no buses or cars in the streets, and they attacked. And it was a tremendous uh, threat to the existence of Israel for a while. But on that special holy high day is when Egypt attacked, and so this. Many years later, uh, Egypt is not the same threat, but Jews still celebrate in the land of Israel and around the world. Of course, in the year 2023, is where we are today, this feast will be celebrated on September 25th, a Monday, but it will be again a high Sabbath, correct? Yes, yes. All right. And Egypt knew that the Jewish people were all performing what is written right in right. here. They were all humbling themselves. You're not to do work, so you can't perform war. You can't fight back in that sense. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm going to share with our viewers just a couple of things that uh, we have as resources. If you're not as familiar with what happens in Israel regarding not just the feast, but some of the traditions, two great resources we have is Aliyah, uh, going up to Israel, but both for Jews and Gentiles, a tremendous DVD by Dr. Reagan, and Jesus, the lamb and the lion. So Jesus combines not only uh, the sacrificial lamb that is represented in this case by two goats, but obviously in Passover we talked about by the sacrifice, but also the soon returning lion of Judah. So he is the fulfillment of all these feasts, but even in this one, it is a day of atonement. I'm sure you fellows have heard that you can pronounce atonement in a different way. It's also a day of at-one-ment. So how in how do we become at one with God if He is so holy and we in and of ourselves are so profane, yeah. how, how do we become united with Him? There's only one way, there's only one way, and that's Jesus the Messiah and His at-one-ment, yeah. causing us to become one with God in a spiritual sense. So it's His sacrifice. 
And he was the Passover lamb sacrifice. He's the two goat sacrifice where we have to believe and receive Jesus as our sin sacrifice and our guilt sacrifice as well. As a pastor, sometimes I say, how could God have done that to animals and use animals and sacrifice? Well, the key was the animal was innocent. And the key is Jesus' innocent blood pays for our guilt. Amen. So I want to turn this into a very much prophetic expectation. How is this day going to be fulfilled in the life of the Jewish nation in a period of time that is yet to come? Because that's where we get to the prophetic. And that's the key. It's now a national, uh, a national feast. So we have to look at, at these feasts nationally, and then now you've got individuals. So Pentecost, remember we talked about Pentecost. That was more individual. Jew and Gentile individuals now can enter into the new covenant. Why? Because the nation refused to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So they did not enter into the new covenant, but individuals could. Now we're going back to a national feast. And what's going to happen nationally with Israel? Let's go to Zechariah chapter 13. This gets good. Uh, let's so, go to Zechariah chapter 12. Chapter 12. And as you do that, the setup is, as we talked about the Feast of Trumpets, that signifies the rapture. So then for the Jewish nation that looks around and these Christians have gone, both Christian and Jew, or Gentile and Jew, that brings them to something that's going to follow. And what is that? And this is chapter 12, verse 10. We'll see the Jewish people finally at the end of the tribulation period getting saved. Amen. So they have to go through the tribulation period first, unfortunately. And that's a part of the other phase that we talked about. Uh, verse 10. And God speaking, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced. So God is speaking here and he says, they will look on me, God, right. whom they have pierced. Well, who is God being pierced? That's, That's Jesus. That's the Messiah. That's, That's the Son of God, Yeshua HaMashiach. God says he's going to pour out on the house of David, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication, so they will receive the Ruach Hadesh, the Holy Spirit, and this, of course, they have to believe on Jesus to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. And so, but this is the one-third of the Jewish people that will make it through the tribulation period, Jacob's trouble. And when they are willing to look upon him and mourn, back to the Yom Kippur contrition of heart, as one mourns over an only son and weep bitterly over him as weeping over a firstborn, they will cry out what beautiful uh, prayer of, of rejoicing. Baruch Abab Hashem Adonai. Yes. Baruch Abab Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes, comes and, and for us who know him, he who already came once yeah. in the name of the, of the Lord. But that's going to be their prayer so that Jesus will then come back Amen. in his second coming yeah. and save them. Not spiritually because they already got saved spiritually, physically. Right. Can you hardly wait? I, I, that's, that's a good part. This is the exciting part. This is, no, I cannot wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Maranatha, Lord. Maranatha. Maranatha. <laughs> Come quickly, Lord Jesus. The Feast of Yom Kippur represents a particularly Jewish experience. Other nations lack the day of Thanksgiving that is celebrated in the United States and Canada, but to my knowledge, no other people has a day set aside for reflection on personal sin. I've asked my dear friend and a beloved guide of Israel pilgrimages, Erez Bar David, to share what Yom Kippur means to him. Well, Yom Kippur is, uh, is a big day, especially in Israel. Um, I'm sure it is, it is a very central and memorable um, feast in every Jewish home, but especially in Israel, given the fact that Israel is the uh, homeland of the Jewish people. 
one of my uh, memorable things, of course, especially as a child, was the fact that uh, everything shut down. And initially, of course, uh, you know, the, the younger you are, uh, the, the, the lack of knowledge you have about the actual meaning of the holiday, but, but practically what it means is that everything shuts down. I think, it, especially from a Jewish perspective, um, especially biblical perspective, during the time while the, the temple was still in place, I think the, the main purpose and point was to, to have people understand, the Jewish people understand, uh, the seriousness of sin and the atonement of sin. I think that this is somehow something that we, especially in the West, um, are kind of sort of sort of lost it along the way. Um, but I think that, um, uh, especially bi biblically speaking, everybody in the nation knew um, how big sin was and how important it was to to essentially uh, obtain um, whether forgiveness of sin, but especially atonement of sin, which is essentially postponement of, uh, of the, the judgment that, that you deserve for your sins. And so today I think it's more of um, a day of reflection. Uh, it basically forces people, whether they're religious or less religious, to um, sort of like go out of their comfort zone. Um, whether they fast or not, whether they go to the synagogue or not, it is definitely a day where they're forced to um, to sort of like confront with, with their own selves. And um, I think this is the, the most important aspect of that of that day um, that it kind of forces you to to sort of um, struggle with your with your own self, to examine your own own self uh, in the light of sin and what sin really means for you. At some point, we plan to share the testimony of Erez's uncle Arya, who fought in the Yom Kippur War and was miraculously protected even as he boldly shared his faith in Yeshua with his fellow soldiers. But for now, Richard, what final word would you like to share with our viewers? Well, I would just encourage our viewers to celebrate Yom Kippur in your own way, but get out there and make sure you're repenting and, and confessing your sin, not just for the last year, but every single day, because God wants our hearts of repentance. Amen. Amen. I'm just so grateful for the example the Jewish people have set for us. I mean, before the Lord, we, we all sin so desperately and, and so wickedly, but yet God forgives us. And my own namesake, King David, as badly as he sinned, God still didn't hold that against him and forgave him. No, but he also proved, King David did, that God does not despise a broken and contrite heart, as he testified in Psalm 51:17. You know, I'm strongly inclined to never lose sight of my own utter depravity, save for the grace of God. Left to my own devices, I would wander away from Him. As the song says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the Lord I love. But I will ever rejoice in the blood of Christ and in the forgiveness that God grants to all who put their trust in Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of the great song by Keith Getty and Stuart Townsend that says it this way, in Christ alone, no guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. Right. Forgiven and forgotten. Right. Exactly right. And with this whole show and this whole discussion, it just, it's, it's humbling. It humbles me before the Lord, but it also gives me a great heart of gratitude and thanksgiving at the same time. Amen. Well, we hope today's discussion has touched your heart. 
If you don't already know the peace that passes understanding that comes from the amazing grace of God, call on Him today. Jesus saves wayward kings, pompous Pharisees, even sinners like me. Do not delay. Come to God with a broken and contrite heart, and He will welcome you with open arms. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Christ in Prophecy. Until then, look up and be watchful, for the Lord who secured our atonement is coming soon. Yeah.